0: Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is Our Chosen Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. So I'm going to be talking to you for, the, for today and the following three brunches, December, February, May, about the supernatural power of angels. And what happened, I briefly mentioned it, is last November I woke up one morning and the Lord began to speak to me that his people have become dull of recognizing that there are supernatural beings that have one function... As far as our earthly angels, and that is to strengthen and assist those who will inherit salvation. And we all have at least one angel, but you've got to recognize their power to do so. And so before I talk to you about that, I'm just going to, this has nothing to do with the message today. I just thought I'd share with you. Last week, I was uh, cooking supper and I had a tray in the oven. And after about 30 minutes, when I went to check on it, the oven was lukewarm and nothing had cooked. Fortunately, I have an air fryer that not only air fries, but also bakes and broils. So I threw everything in the air fryer and got dinner made. But I called my regular appliance repairman, who I really like, most honest guy. He's just amazing. And I told him, and he said, I told him the brand, and he said, I don't service that brand. But let me give you the name of someone who does. So he gave me the name. I called the man. The man called me back. And he came over later that afternoon, and I'm just absolutely biting my lip because he had to take the oven out of the wall. I have wood floors, and he's asking me if I have blankets. And so he looks at it, and he says, well, it's the heating element. I'm going to have to replace it. And it was, I was already ready to buy a new oven, but it was actually a much less than a new oven would be. And then he looked at me and he said, now I'm going to be honest with you, I've never done this before. I'm not kidding you. This is what he says to me. He said, I've never done this before on this brand. And I said, oh, well, I I can call somebody else. And he said, no, I I can do it. I just wanted to be honest with you that I've never done this before. How would you like, like to go to a doctor who... Or go have your hair done. And your hairdresser says, I've never cut hair before, but I can do it. Well, I'm standing there. He's a nice guy. I don't know what to do. He goes, no, really, really, I can do it. Well, the soonest we could work it out was today at 1230. And I need an oven. I mean, several times I've come to cook and my husband just stands there and he goes, and how would you, how were you going to do that? And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, the oven's broken. Now, I have a daughter that lives across the street in one, two blocks, but Never got an invitation to use their oven until this morning. <laughs> so I thought, all right, as soon as I speak, I'm going to go home and get home by 1230 so I can get my oven back. So I'm praying this morning. I get a call. And I, recognize, I don't recognize the number, but I thought, well, I'm going to answer. It was the guy. And the guy goes, hi, this is so-and-so. And uh, he said, I'm trying to figure out my day. And he said, um, am I supposed to do anything for you? I'm, I am so serious. And I said, well, yes, you were here last week and you said the heating element's broken and, oh, that's right. That's right. I do have the heating element. I just couldn't remember what I was supposed to do. And I'll be there at 1230. And I just wanted to tell y'all, so should I be worried? I <laughs> just wondering. Yeah, I'm going to tell my friends. I've just, it was just, a, it was the first time that's ever happened to me. All right, so back to angels. So I already told you how this message happened, and, and so I'm really excited about it, and I think the representation out there was absolutely gorgeous. But angels are going to begin to accelerate their role in our lives, but we have to become aware of them. They're a gift. They're created beings. There are two-thirds of the good angels still left. Only a third rebelled, a third were thrown out of heaven. So greater are they who are with us than with the enemy. And so we're so grateful for that. So after I heard that from the Lord, many, many, many prophetic voices started coming out and saying, there's going to be an acceleration of angelic activity in the coming days. Well, the Holy Spirit always confirms his word. There's nothing a private interpretation. When I hear these people go, well, God only told me, well, you weren't hearing God. God doesn't only tell one person. Never, ever, ever be concerned about the Lord confirming his word. The Lord is one. The Holy Spirit is one. There's one faith, one baptism, one Lord. It's all about unity. And so when you hear the Lord, you're going to hear it from other places. And and that's just been my experience. So I'm going to take off today. I'm going to take up where I left off at Chosen. Who was not at Chosen? It's okay, you're not in trouble. Was not at chosen. Okay, you need to be there next year. Chosen authority. It's going to be super, super powerful. Um, if Cindy lets me speak, I already know my message. But no pressure, Cindy. But I do. <laughs> Just because it's something so real to me. So I told the story, and if you were there, you heard me tell this story. I told the story of oh, after this happened, end of August, early September. That, you know, most of you know, on February 11th of this year, my sister, my little sister, moved to heaven. And she had battled cancer for under three years. From the time of diagnosis, she died one month short of a three-year diagnosis. Suffered horribly And uh, you always hear about people surrounded by family and friends and how they peacefully slipped into eternity. And that wasn't the case. It was absolutely horrible. It was agonizing. Had it not been for my youngest daughter, who was a hospice nurse for years, um, I've never heard anything bad about hospice until this experience. We were sent a hospice nurse pretty sure from hell could not have cared less about the level 10 pain she was in, the agony, the suffering, the groaning that we were all watching, and uh, did nothing, left her in level 10 pain. And my my daughter literally took over the treatment and showed my other sister, who is an RN, how to administer the morphine. But this is like three days before her passing that actually lessened the agony. She was in absolute agony. I can't even describe it to you. It, I have to literally give every thought captive to the obedience of Christ so that i don't dwell on the memory, but so this last of August, beginning of September, I had not lost my power. I had walked in grace, I had walked in supernatural peace I had a lot of people say they were praying and and I could feel it but obviously I mean if, if any of you've ever suffered a loss and I'm sure everyone has I've heard people time and again say I could feel when the prayers stopped. Anybody experience that? Because, you know, all of a sudden, crash. Don't tell me prayer is not powerful. And so I started having all these horrific demonic thoughts. Now, listen, I've walked with the Lord for 50 years. I'm not a novice. I'm not a rookie. I still have a long way to go. But I'm certainly farther along than some of you are. And yet these thoughts, they were assailing me. And you know, the Holy Spirit will speak to you in the same person. And the devil will speak to you in the first person. And I started hearing, I didn't pray enough. If I had prayed enough. She would have been healed if I had sought more of an army of prayer warriors. She would have been healed if I had done more, if I had insisted on more. If I I had, and it was all on me, and I was absolutely tormented. Well, let me give you a hint. Torment is never from the Lord, ever. It's not. The Bible says fear causes torment. Two things in the Bible cause torment. Unforgiveness, which I did not have, and fear. And I was absolutely tormented, but I couldn't pull myself up. I literally, I, I tried. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even tell my husband. The reason I didn't is I just didn't want to empower it anymore. In fact, after it was over, we were, I was talking to one of my daughters, my youngest, who is very vocal. You think I'm vocal? <laughs> and um, so I was telling her about it, and she glared at me. She just glared at me. And she said, and you didn't tell me. I said, I certainly didn't. And why would that be? I said, because I knew you would say that that was a lie. I knew you would say I shouldn't feel that way. I knew you would say that was the devil speaking to me in the first person. She said, that's exactly what I would have said. And I said, but that wouldn't have helped. I needed supernatural help. And I'm going to tell you how I got it. On September the 9th, Early one morning, Pam Williams randomly sent me a text. Now, remember, nobody knew this. Nobody. Didn't tell a soul, not even my husband. And in the text, it just said John 151. Jesus said, you will see and you will. John 151, I'm going to read it to you. I can quote it to you, but I, I'm going to get it really accurate. Then he said to him, I Most solemnly tell you, you shall see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man, which means the name of Jesus. We just sang about the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. And when you speak the name of Jesus, the angels of God on that name will go up to heaven and come back down with your answers. They're powerful beings. Well, the oppression started to lift, but it wasn't complete. Two days later on 9-11, Janice Wooldridge sent me another text. And she said, I was praying, and when I was praying, I saw an angel that God sent to strengthen you during the very difficult trial with your sister. And I sarcastically texted back, well, I hope he hasn't left. And she said, oh, no, he's been assigned to you. And she sent me Luke twenty two forty three, And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him in spirit. This was the agony of Jesus in Gethsemane. Although my agony was nowhere near his and neither is yours, because none of us have resisted to the point of shedding blood in our struggles like he did. Remember how his, he was struggling so hard, knowing he would bear the sins, the sickness, the disease, the poverty, the lack of the entire world in just a few short hours. That the capillaries, it's got a medical name, I don't remember it, and if I did, I wouldn't pronounce it correctly, burst in his forehead and he shed blood in his brow signifying that our minds would be redeemed by his blood from torment and oppression. And then an angel came to strengthen him in spirit. And when I read that, pal, it lifted, it was gone, just like that, just like that. And so I texted her and I told her what was happening to me first time. And she texted back, oh no, Isaiah fourteen four, your oppressor has been silenced. And your onslaught is over. And that's one of my promises. She didn't know that, but that's one of my promises from God. From then on, I got free. So I'm here to tell you today two scriptures from two friends in two days about angels that strengthen and help, and it got me free. I'm here to tell you today you're not alone. It's time to begin to recognize and be grateful for the presence of our assistants that are supernatural, massive beings. I want to show you something. My godmother, the only person I've ever known as a godmother to me, that doesn't mean she held me and sprinkled me with water when I was an infant and didn't know what I was doing. It's someone who in my very early days as a brand-new Christian discipled me in the Lord and in the Holy Spirit. And she texted me yesterday, not knowing any of this, and she said, I've been having some angelic visitations, and I believe her. She's, almost, she's 70, almost 79 years old. Her husband's in his 80s, and they're sheep ranchers. And they herd sheep. And they lift bells of hay at that age. I'd say that's pretty cool. Her doctor told her, you've got the bones of a 20-year-old. I think some of us need to lift hay. What do you think? <laughs> and so she sent me. After these visitations of angels, representations, did you know that the heaven declares the glory of God? Can we put this on the screen? Anywhere? There you go. Look at this one, the first one in the daytime. Look at the side view. Can you see the flowing hair on the left side and that angelic face? Do you see it? All right, now watch the second one. Look at that. Left of the screen. Do you see? The heavens declare the glory glory of God. If that doesn't look like angelic presence, cloaked in clouds, I don't know what does. I'm going to the country. So I want to encourage you today. Many of you need strength today. And I asked you in our brunch session, how many of you needed to be strengthened? I saw a lot of hands. And so when I close this message, I'm going to have the prayer team come up, and if you need to be strengthened, they're going to agree with you that you will have angelic visitations in your life. Last May, I woke up, and it was the day before the May brunch, which is also a very large brunch, and I had the worst sore throat. I had not had a sore throat in so many years, I could not remember what a sore throat felt like. That's how long it's been. And I had this horrible sore throat. So I just began to resist in the name of Jesus, submit to the word of God that I've been healed by his wounds. And I went about my day, did my thing, the whole bit. So Tuesday comes, we have brunch. I come home from brunch and I felt okay. I just felt a little tired. I lay down, and slept for two hours. I never do that, ever. I mean, if I doze off during the day, like if I sit down for a few minutes, which is rare, I, if I doze off, it's five minutes. I just don't take naps. But on this particular day, I came home and I slept for two hours. Woke up, felt fine. Get up Wednesday morning, complete total laryngitis. I'm talking no voice. So I tried to tell Randy I have no voice. And he was so excited, he worshiped for a few minutes. (laughs) And then he began to talk very loud to me. (laughs) And I was getting very angry. I was getting very angry. You know, because I kept... How many of you know when you have, if you ever have laryngitis, it's the worst thing you can do is try to talk? Yes. Even whispering, it's literally grinding your vocal cords together. And you're supposed, the actual cure is to be totally silent. Now, it's very difficult for me to be totally silent. So he kept talking in a very loud voice to me. I'm getting madder by the moment, and I'm just doing this. I can't talk. And so then he began to sign. And then I got even madder. And I wrote down on a piece of paper, I can hear fine. (laughs) Then I sent him to the office and told him to come home in a few days. No, I didn't do that. (laughs) I I wanted to. But through this, I learned something. I learned something. Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. Isaiah 30, 15, for the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel has said this, in returning to me and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. And here's the deal. I think we all talk too much. And in that time, because I couldn't even speak out the word. I mean, I had no voice. And in the silence, I just listened. And God said some very significant things to me. And so the point of, I'm telling you this because sometimes we just need to be quiet and just listen and you'll hear the Lord. I want to read to you Hebrews 1, 6 and 7 and 13 and 14. And when he again brings the firstborn, highest ranking son into the world, he says, all the angels of God are to worship him. And concerning the angels, he says, who makes his angels wins, And his ministering servants, flames of fire to do his bidding. How powerful is that? His angels are like wind and they're like flames of fire that do his bidding. But I'm going to show you how to activate them to work for you and for me. But verse 13, to which of the angels has the father ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all the angels ministering spirits sent out by God to serve, to accompany, and to protect those who will inherit salvation? Of course they are. I love it that when God answers, ask a question, he always answers it. Of course they are. They're ministering spirits. They're sent out to serve, accompany, and protect you and me. But what if we're not aware of them? Well, I've told the story many times of the old Dutch man. It's a true story. Got up every morning at 5 a.m. to pray. He would pray the word. He would decree a thing. He would see them established every morning. And one morning he decided, you know, I'm really not seeing anything happening. I'm going to stay in bed and just sleep. He stayed in bed till about eight o'clock. And when he got up, the Lord opened his eyes. You see, if, if the angels are winding like flames of fire, they're much faster than our physical eyes have the ability to see because they travel the speed of light, 185,000 miles per second. But God opened his eyes. Remember the story of Elisha and, and how the, or was it Elijah? I get them so confused. But remember the servant Gehazi was so afraid because the enemy was surrounding them. And the prophet prayed, Lord, open his eyes. And when his eyes were open, he saw myriads, tens and thousands of angels in chariots. If we could see their presence, we would never be afraid again, ever. And so the, the old Dutchman opens his eyes, and there's angels all over his room, and they're laying on the chest of drawers, and they're laying on the dresser and they're leaning against the wall, and they're yawning. And he said, "What are you doing?" And one of the angels said, we were waiting for our orders and you didn't give us any. They're sent to minister, accompany, and protect those of us who are heirs of salvation. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you are a candidate for angelic help. And if you haven't made him your Lord and Savior, when we pray today, you come up to the pray, one of the prayer teams and you just say, I want to give my heart to Jesus. They will lead you in a prayer. It'll be the best decision and most important decision of your whole life. But here's the problem. We cannot worship angels. Revelation 19, 9 and 10. And the angel said to me, write, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true and exact words of God. And then I, John, fell on my feet to worship him. But he stopped me and said, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers and sisters who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God alone. Frank Peretti had the best. Fiction books I've ever read. I was so sad when he quit writing them. One was called This Present Darkness and the other was Piercing the Darkness. How many of you ever read them? They are so excellent. My husband and I thoroughly enjoyed them and we don't even read fiction, but we read those. And then all of a sudden he quit writing these books. And in these books, the main angel was an angel named T A L, Tell, Tall, Tal, or I don't know how to say it, Tall, I guess. And so he quit writing it, and then people began to write him and say, why did you quit writing these books? And he said, because people were actually forming denominations based on this, this angel tall. And he said, the word is very clear. You don't worship angels. There are servants. Bible says someday we're going to judge angels. Hallelujah. I mean, this is good, 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 good news. However... Psalm 103 20 says, bless the Lord, you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. Bible 101. When you speak the word of God, the angels hearken to the word and they go out to do it. That's why we must not be silent. I hope all of you, and we did that this morning, are praying for Israel as a, as a congregation, Sunday morning, we pray for Israel. We have a responsibility. They are under attack by horrific terrorists. This is evil. And I have been asking the Lord to do what he did in the Bible. Lord, send ambushments against the enemy and cause them to be confused and attack one another. These forces are stronger than we are. These are demonic spirits that are using human beings... To steal, kill, and destroy. We have a responsibility to execute righteousness. So be praying. Pray the word of God. Ask the Lord. Go to Isaiah. There's so many scriptures regarding Israel. Go to the minor prophets. Lord, keep Israel as the apple of your eye. Protect them. Be a wall of fire around her. I mean, wouldn't you want when we... 9-11, for instance... Other people in the world were praying for us, but we rely on angelic beings. I mean, you and I can't go there, but there are supernatural beings that God has created to do this, but they are waiting, they are waiting to hearken to the voice of God's word. So let's do that. That's how they do it as we pray. Matthew 4, 1 through 7, this is the temptation of Jesus. Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil. He went without food for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry. Now, you know that after 40 days, your body begins to digest itself. And the tempter came and said, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus replied, It is written and forever remains. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And then the devil took him into the holy city, Jerusalem, He placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said mockingly to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to serve and care for and protect you and watch over you, and they will lift you up on their hands. He left out a very important part of that promise, because the promise is he'll give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways of obedience. He was trying to get Jesus out of obedience. You know what? The devil knows the word better than I do, better than you do, better than Rick Godwin does, and Rick knows the word. But the devil knows it better. Let's remember he was an archangel, which leads me, by the way, yesterday, if any of you ever read Give Him 15 or listen to Dutch Sheets, Dutch Sheets is a powerful minister and patriot, and his brother Tim, powerful man of God, Chuck Pierce and some other, they were in Washington praying for the nation. And the Lord began to speak to them, and I love this. I mean, I laughed, and, and the Lord said, I'm releasing the seraphim. And they said, and, and specifically, Michael and Gabriel, and I went, oh, I know who they are. I mean, the archangels. Remember, Lucifer was an archangel. There were three, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer right there. You have two-thirds against one-third. And I'm releasing archangels over this nation. I thought that was good news. It made me happy. So the devil, he'll leave out part of the word or he'll twist it or pervert it. We'll talk later on another time about Psalm 91. And this is what Jesus said. On the other hand, it is written, you shall not test the Lord your God. Matthew 4, 8, and then the devil took him on a very high mountain, showed him all the kings of the world and said, if you'll worship me, I'll give these to you. And Jesus said, go away, Satan, it is written and forever remains, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him and angels came and ministered to him, bringing him food and serving him. Now, don't you know after a 40-day fast, you need to eat, you are weak. I have never been on a 40-day fast. But I know people that have. And like I said, your body's digesting itself. You have no strength. He needed strength. And so God sent angels to bring him food and minister to him. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for them. In Hebrews 1.14, I've already read it to you. Their ministering spirits sent that Greek Word sent is a very, 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 very powerful word. He sends them out. And I, in fact, I wrote it down. Let me see if I have it. I don't know where I wrote it. But if I find it, I'll read it to you because I don't have it memorized. But the word to minister to those who will inherit salvation, this is what I love, 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 love. It's the word soteria. And it means deliverance, rescue. God's rescue, which delivers believers out of destruction and into his safety. The angels are sent to minister to heirs of salvation, to minister to those to rescue us out of destruction into his safety. What are we doing that we are not acknowledging their presence? Now, I do not believe, I've seen books, commanding angels, I do not believe we command angels because Psalm 91 says he will command his angels. But you can certainly pray, Jesus, I'm just asking you to command your angels to minister. My husband's a CPA. I mean, he's under tremendous pressure right now. How many of you haven't done your taxes yet? You'd be surprised how many people haven't. And the deadline is on my husband's birthday, October 16th. And that's what I pray for him. Father, I ask you to send ministering spirits to render help on his and his his, uh, staff. If you're a married woman, you should pray that for your husband. Lord, send your ministering spirits to our pastors, Lord, to, to minister strength to them. They are sent to minister on our behalf. They are sent to strengthen us when things are hard. Why are we not acknowledging them? Why are we not speaking out God's word? Because when we do Psalm I just read it to you. Psalm 103, 20. They hearken to the voice of his word. They're just waiting. They're just waiting for us to say something. In Numbers 20, 15 through 16, our fathers went down to Egypt and we lived there a long time. And the Egyptians treated us and our fathers badly. But when we cried out to the Lord for help, he heard us and he sent an angel and brought us out of Egypt. And now look, here we are in our own territory. I was going to talk about Daniel today, but I'm going to save that, I think. Because angels, another function, they're sent to protect us. They're sent to give us messages. They're sent to help us throw a party. They're wonderful beings. We don't worship them, but we acknowledge them. We acknowledge them. So I'm going to tell you two stories. I actually saw an angelic presence once. I'm not going to tell you that story but I'm gonna tell you this story because, you know, the Bible says that we can entertain angels and not aware because they can appear in human form. How many of you know that? It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. And so I know I had two experiences with supernatural beings. I have no doubt about it. And so I can't talk about angels without telling the story. I was a brand new believer. And my auntie, Juliette, was actually the first one to ever tell me about Jesus. I was a young woman. I was 20 years old. And I remember one day she asked me if I believed the Bible was true. And I remember very arrogantly I was a college girl. And I said, well, Auntie, do you believe everything you read in a history book? She said, no. And I said, well, the Bible is just a history book. Now, if I had been God, I would have slapped me from here into eternity. (laughs) But see, the call of God's on your life before you ever receive it. It's just up to us if we receive it. I heard the great prophet, Kim Clement, say one time I was sitting in the audience. We used to have him when he was alive. And I remember him saying, every baby that's born at the foot of their their crib, there is an angelic voice and a demonic voice. And that demonic voice said to him, drug addict, loser. And he was a drug addict before he gave his heart to Christ. And the angel was saying, prophet of God. So we have a choice to answer the call. And when I was born, the angel of the Lord said, or an angel of the Lord said, the angel of the Lord was the pre-incarnate Christ, but an angel of the Lord said, teacher of the word. I didn't know that. I did become a teacher, a school teacher. But I'd much rather be doing this. And so, anyway, so Auntie had told me about the Lord and, um, Her husband of 25 years left her for her best friend, and and she was a new believer too. And she was bitter. She was bitter against him, and she hadn't renewed her mind yet. And so she did things like go to fortune tellers. Now, that's not right, and we know it. But again, she was a baby Christian, but she knew enough to tell me about Jesus. And so she developed ovarian cancer, and she was dying on this particular day. And even dying, she would praise the Lord. Now, this was a peaceful, beautiful passing, unlike what my sister had. And my dad called me one day, and he said, Honey, you need to go see your Aunt Juliet. She's she's dying. We've hired a nurse. This is before the days of hospice. We've hired a nurse to come sit by the bed. She wanted to pass it home. And so I walk into the room. I'm just telling you the absolute truth. I walk into the room. And there's this lady, and she's dressed in a white starched nurse's outfit, uniform. And she had, I remember what nurses used to wear, those white caps, and that's how she was dressed. And she's sitting next to my aunt's bed. She had my aunt propped up in the bed. And she's got a Bible. I walk in, and she's reading the Bible, telling you the truth. And I walk to the foot of Auntie's bed, and this nurse just looks up at me, and her eyes were just very deep. She looks up at me and she says to me, you're the Christian. Now, beside Auntie, I was the only Christian in the family. Brand new, but I was still a believer. She said, you're the Christian. And I felt a supernatural presence unlike anything I'd ever felt to that date. And I said, yes, I am. And I became afraid because the presence was so strong. Now, if you think that wasn't God, well, let me tell you, read the Bible. When angels appeared to people, they were very afraid. I mean, this wasn't like Gabriel that appeared to Mary or anything, but still. And she looked at me one more time. No, I don't even think she looked up at me again. I think she stayed in the Bible. And she said, her vitals will begin to fail, and she will go be with the Lord this afternoon. Just like that. And so I told Auntie I loved her, I left. And about five o'clock that afternoon, I wasn't, in, I wasn't there, but other people were. They said, she looked toward the window and there was a light coming in and she lifted up her arms like this and took her last breath. But that was a beautiful passing. And so I left there not knowing anything, not knowing anything about angels, but I knew I had been in the presence. Fast forward. Oh, and by the way, after this, we tried to contact that lady, and they had never heard of her. Fast forward many years, and I got pregnant with our third child. 11 years later. And uh, maybe 10 years. And I thought I was having a boy. When I was five months pregnant, I had two daughters. I didn't want a boy. I wanted a healthy baby. I never had this, I've got to have a girl or a boy, like some people. But I had two daughters, and I had an ultrasound at five months. And these were the beginning of ultrasounds for pregnancy, and they weren't very developed. And the technician said, it's a boy. So I didn't tell my husband because I thought, well, I'm going to surprise him. And I didn't know how to do boys because I'm from a family of four girls, and I had two girls, and I'm a girl mom. I mean, I am a girl mom, but guess what? I'm a boy, me me, of eight grandsons, and I love it. And so, um, it go fell forward. I'm eight months pregnant. He wanted another ultrasound, and it was our anniversary. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to surprise Randy and he's going to see the turtle pop up and we're going to, so I took him with me this time. And so the lady does the ultrasound and you know, if it's a boy, there's a turtle head. If it's a boy, there's a McDonald's or cavern or whatever you want to call it. And so they, she gets to the, that part of the Bob baby and she said, it's a girl. And I was like, so surprised. Because, I mean, I thought I'd heard God. I did. I thought I heard God. I thought I was having a boy, not just the ultrasound. I mean, I thought I'd heard God in prayer. And listen, when you think you hear God, he doesn't get mad at you when you don't. (laughs) And so the next day, I was taking the girls to the dentist. And I remember saying, are you sure? She goes, yes, this is a girl. I'm taking the girls to the dentist. And I'm walking out of the dentist's office. Of course, I have a big belly, and I have a daughter on each hand. I'm walking out, and this man in a leprechaun suit is green. It was green, green, green. Now, today that might not be unusual, but in those days, that was ridiculous. This man walks in the door. He's carrying a briefcase, and he has eyes that are so crystal clear they had no color. I mean, there were, you know, very few people have eyes that are so blue. You just don't see color in them. I have one grandson with this color of eyes. And I'm walking out and I'm not paying attention to him. I couldn't care less. And I look up and our eyes lock. And he stops. And it was the same feeling as that nurse. And he looks at me, he looks at Kelly and Katie, and he says, Two girls. And he's locked in my eyes. And he said, What are you going to do if this one's a girl? Now, mind you, I just found out. And I wasn't upset at having a girl, but I was upset that I'd missed God. And I said, well, I'll just praise the Lord. And you know what he said to me? You're the Christian. Just like the lady. You're a Christian. It was either the or, uh, either way, same difference. And I said, yes, I am. And the odd thing is I never stopped moving when this happened. There was a supernatural presence, and I knew once again, don't be forgetful to entertain angels or strangers. And I don't mean letting someone in the street in your home. But God can speak to you even today through them. If you're going through a hard time today, I want you to come up for prayer. Can I have the prayer team please come up? If you need strengthening today, listen, God is no respecter of people. He loves you. He has created supernatural beings to come and minister strength to you. I don't know what I would have done if that torment had continued. It was overpowering me. I told the ladies it chose, and I was ready to call Cindy and say, I quit. I can't do this. My sister's dead because of me. It's my fault. That's really what I believed. Yes, I know it was a lie. I know I couldn't have done anything more. But that oppression was overtaking me. But God sent two friends to tell me, That angelic assistance was there for me. And it's for you too. So if you need prayer today, you just come forward and you get it. And you're going to leave here stronger than when you came. And so, Father, I just thank you that your angels are mighty in strength. They obey the voice of your word. And we ask you right now to charge angels over all of my sisters that are hurting and feel weak today. And do for them what you did for me. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at ChosenEssay on Facebook and Instagram.